What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to episode three of the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone of all things JFW. Back in the studio is Jim and Dave White. Welcome, men. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thanks, Jim, for welcoming us back and glad to have you with us, SD. Yep. I was about to announce our very special guest, a man who needs no introduction, a vertebrae of the spine of JFW. If you work here, he's probably hired you, Super Dave. Welcome, Super Dave. Good morning, team. It's a pleasure to be here. Soup, you ever think we'd be recording a podcast? Uh, no negative on that. It's definitely new to me. So just uh, let's go over episode two a little bit. I know we all like numbers. Uh, we currently have 57 followers. Episode two had 92 plays as of this morning, and we have a total of 216 plays since we started the podcast. What do you think about that, guys? That's amazing. Good news. I think it's great. Like I mentioned last week, uh, it'd be great to see 200, 250 each week listening to this. Yep, 10-4. We've actually got a lot of good positive feedback. Uh, we got some suggestions, which I love. Joanne, our our HR manager, she, she made some good suggestions. Troy Hunt made some suggestions, but we'll have to review those a little bit more carefully. But anyway, let's get to the dad joke challenge. Brother Dave, you've been bragging for the last couple of days about your dad joke, so let's hear it. Oh, man, putting it right on me. All right. Does anyone here know the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? Oh, man. <laughs> I have no idea. Well... The people in Dubai don't like the Flintstones, but the people in Abu Dhabi do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, not bad. We got any any challenges for Brother Dave? Yeah, I I got one here. So since we're doing dad jokes, do you guys know when a dad joke becomes a dad joke? No, when does a dad joke become a dad joke? When it's a parent. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Soup, I know you're new to the game, but you got a dad joke for us? Well, I'm probably going to destroy it, but Todd told me a joke last night, and I I just jumped right up and said, hey, that's a dad joke. So uh, there's a couple of guys that were out shopping for a pickup truck, and uh, one's one's name was Olaf, and the other was uh, named uh, Omar, and uh, they decided they were going to buy this pickup, and uh, so they brought the pickup home, and Olaf said to Omar, hey, you bought a pickup that was just completely dented with hail. What the heck are you doing? Omar says, well, you know, we got a big discount on this pickup truck, and uh, a discount, really, uh, Olaf says, and he said, yeah, the guy at the dealer said we could go ahead and just get those dents out real easy. You could just go ahead and blow on that tailpipe and it'll just pop all those dents out. So Omar was blowing on that tailpipe and nothing was happening. And Olaf says, man, you got to close the windows for that to work. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, not a dad joke, but a good joke anyway. That's a good one. All right, here's mine. Why, Why is the stadium hot? Why is it hot? No idea. All the fans left. (laughs) all right moving on to celebrations (laughs) we got uh birthdays ryan emmerling just turned 40 he got a lot of birthday love on the radio the other day 
Everybody knows Ryan and what is it, 0041, right guys? Yes. AKA Big Hungry, AKA Big Empty. You could ask him why we call him Big Empty. Pretty funny story. Um, let's see, anniversaries. We got Gilbert Benny. Today actually is his one year anniversary. Gilbert does a great job for us. Congrats, and, Gilbert. And Mikey Peterson in the shop, the shop foreman, 15 years on Saturday. Woo, congrats, Mikey. I know I don't have this written down for everybody, but Nolan Sanford, he just got married a few weeks ago. That guy is so hype on being married and his wife. He's super proud of, of the wedding and how gorgeous his wife looked, and you should talk to him about it. It's, it's a trip. He's, he's really happy. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Yeah, happy birthday, everybody. Happy anniversary. And then also for Nolan, just to chime in there with what Jam said of how happy I've never seen a bigger smile when he's showing pictures of his wife in her wedding gown and how beautiful she looked. That was, it's good to see that kind of joy in somebody's face. So uh, one of the things Joanne asked us, and she thought it would be nice for everybody to know, but uh, how, did, how did JFW start? Dave, you want to take that one? or? <laughs> sure. Uh, so our grandfather started Schlegel & Son Trucking. That was his last name in 1935 parlayed it with uh, his oldest son, Paul Schlegel, and they ran it for years and years and years. Evelyn, our mother, uh, obviously Grandpa Schlegel's daughter, was uh, in the business, grew up in the business as she got older and graduated from high school and stuff, met our dad, Jim White Sr., and uh, was thrilled to death because she, she got out of the trucking business. She Growing up in it, she knew how hard this industry was, and they went through some tough times and whatnot. And uh, when they got married there in uh, 58, or 59, I'm sorry, uh, Dad had a job at Martin Marietta Company, and uh, it was their aero division, nothing to do with like Martin Marietta sand and gravel, ironically, right now. But anyway, she was thrilled to be out of the trucking industry, and <laughs> it turns out Dad just hated the job. He quit one day and came home, and he called uh, his father-in-law, Dad. He was like, Dad, buy me a truck. I want to go. I want to start trucking with you guys. And that was kind of how it started. But the ultimate name came about in 1977 when uh, Grandpa Schlegel was, was old enough. He was about to retire. We had moved to this location, but in, the, in a building next door that we've torn down since. But uh, yeah, in 1977, it all came together. Schlegel and Son Trucking. Dad had uh, Jim White trucking and excavating. He relied heavily on the on the yellow iron. That was primarily what he did, but had a truck to go with that in conjunction. So uh, when Grandpa Schlegel retired in 1977, we incorporated everything under one roof, taking Schlegel and Son trucking, Jim White trucking and excavating, and created JFW Corporation, everything under one roof. So... That was basically how it started in 1977 as JFW. And what does JFW stand for? I know we have a, a good joke about that with Slippers. He came up with a completely <laughs> off-the-wall name, but what does it actually stand for? Yeah, you can parlay JFW into a lot of different things. Uh, it originally started as, as Dad's initials, James F. White. That's what JFW stands for. Jim and I have since kind of parlayed it into just fine work. That's kind of what our... our vision is and that way it's a little more representative of our team and our people and everyone that's involved in our industry and business so that's kind of what we go with just fine work got it 
kind of a tough question here, but can one can one of you tell us what your worst day here was at JFW? Yeah, I can I can do that pretty easily because it's it's the same day. My worst day and best day was all in the in the same day. Um, back in July of 2013, we had probably the most horrendous truck crash that we've ever had here at JFW, and uh, the truck was had his cruise control on on C470 eastbound, uh, crossed the westbound lanes, crossed a bike path, went down through a ravine and crashed into a creek bottom. And the driver walked away from the crash with a bump on his head and a cut. Uh, the truck was totaled uh, quite, quite some effort to get the truck back out of the ditch. And, you know, the truck hit the creek bottom so hard that the load the load of rock flew out of the back of the trailer and covered the bank. Um, the trailer tore the fifth wheel off and, and smashed into the back of the cab and um, all that stuff. And that would be the worst day because of the accident and, and the, the horrificness of the accident and all those kind of things. But the reason I call it my best day is we didn't hit anybody going the other direction on 470. We crossed a bike path that's usually full of kids and people running and bicyclists and never touched anybody. We went, I don't know, 100, 200 yards into a field. We missed a giant um, tree, or the driver missed a giant tree, ended up in the bottom of the creek there. And then for him to walk away with just a bump on his head and not be killed that's the reason that's that's my best day. Nobody got hurt and and I I think about that day a lot. That's pretty nuts. Super Dave, you uh, you've done a lot of things here in the last 29 years. Uh I like to say you're the hiring manager, but you're so much more than that. I could recall walking in here, I think it was uh Friday or Saturday looking for a job back in 2014 and you just happened to be up front. Uh, just covering dispatch for a little while while they were having a meeting. You hired me. You trained me. Years later, I've been honored to be able to sit next to you and uh, do some hiring with you and recruiting and conducting interviews and stuff like that. How long have you been hiring drivers here at JFW? Well, I've been hard at it since 1999. Okay. What are you currently seeing in the workforce? Uh Boy, that's a hard question. Um, I'm seeing a lot less dedication to an individual employer, um, a lot more movement within, um, you know, the the driver market. Um, the the opportunities out there are just, you know, beyond belief. When you know, 20 years ago, I would look at a driver and he he had maybe one or two job opportunities. And now people will go through an entire interview and then at the end of the interview, two hours later, say, well, you know, I was just checking to see what's out there. I'm really not interested in hiring right now. What do you look for when when you're interviewing a candidate? Uh, you know, a lot of different things. It, every interview goes down a different path. Um, you can try to script it as much as you want, but it doesn't ever really end up that way. Um, overall, I like to look for job history, um, job tenure, how long have they stayed at their jobs throughout their career. 
Um, I like to look for certain uh, indications of a person's character. You know, do they, are they honest? Uh, do they care about uh, what they do for a living? Are they in it for the right reasons? Um, I once had an interview when I stopped and I talked to the guy and I said, uh, do you like driving? And he looks right, right at me and says, no, I hate it. And I said, why? What are you doing here then? And he, his answer was very clear and very, uh, a good answer, actually. He said, well, it's all I know how to do. It's what I've been doing since I was 20 years old. And so I do understand that. He, he didn't really like it, and he was an older fella, but uh, he just felt he had to do it to pay the bills. But um, also, I like to uh, get an idea where that individual's goals are, what they want their future to look like, and if that does include JFW or uh, staying in the industry. What's, uh, and I kind of know because we've sat down to do interviews together and uh, a candidate could say something and we'll just kind of look at each other and know like, okay, this is not our guy. What's, uh, what's a deal breaker for you in an interview? Oh, boy. Uh, if they can't drive very well, that's probably number one. Uh, I had one of those interviews just yesterday. I liked the person a lot. I liked his attitude and his energy, but he just couldn't drive. And anybody that was coming in the yard at about uh, 4.30 yesterday afternoon definitely saw that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just depends. Sometimes you, you see that they don't care uh, or they have a bad attitude right out of the gate. And, my goodness, you're in an interview. You should be as positive as you can be. I know one thing that we really look for is somebody who's going to be a good culture fit, and uh, we really push the creed during the interview process. And I've asked Jim and Dave this question, but what is your favorite item on the creed? And you better know it by heart. <laughs> well, you know this, Jam, because I say it. Uh, it's the third one down. Together, we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. You know, joyfully, it's kind of a strange word to choose, but honestly, we all want to be happy at our work and what we do. We're here for many, many hours. Um, and then everybody really should feel that they can create honest value um, every day. And to me, that's just doing your best, having a positive attitude, and um, you know, just trying your best every day. Uh, and then those we serve. Uh, most people do get this wrong in the interview when I ask, because they say, oh, we serve the customer. Well. Um, there is more than one kind of customer. There's internal and external customers, but ultimately we serve each other. If we take care of ourselves and make sure we have a good, positive environment and uh, we have help uh, together, we can sail the ship down any stormy sea that happens to uh, come up. Ten four. that's my favorite item on the creed as well. The honest value part to create honest value to me is pretty easy to give your best I wish I could say I always do it joyfully, but uh, that is my favorite item on the creed as well. Uh, last week, Jim and Dave kind of hinted at a McDonald's story. Uh, you did tell me what it was, so I feel that's probably a little bit inappropriate for our podcast. But what is the funniest thing that you've seen at JFW that you could talk about? Oh, you know, there's a lot of different things. Um and I, I think this is inappropriate to actually say on the family channel, but I can hint at it. I think it's absolutely hilarious when a driver grabs the wrong mic in their truck and they think they're talking on the CB to their buddy next to it, but they're actually talking on the company radio to everybody. Busted. 
That's some inappropriate items sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Moving on to procedures, guys. Uh, the new trailers. Did you have something you wanted to? Yeah, Jam, I did. Okay. I, <clears throat> I kind of let it slip by there in celebrations. I wanted to mention a few things that we ran across last week. Uh, we had a driver come to us, drives 0043, Jesus Varela, fairly new to JFW. And I want to throw out kudos to this kid, uh, somewhat new to the industry or, you know, definitely new to JFW. And we had approached him. Our shop had brought it to our attention that we had some disc brakes on the steer axle that were just basically overheated and, and ran right to the ends. They were pretty much destroyed. We had to replace the rotors on the truck. Brake shoes were shot. And, you know, we had our safety team approach the driver and talk to Jesus and go, hey, you know, we think something's going on in in possibly the way you're driving the truck or whatnot. And, you know, Jesus was very gracious. He took the information and, you know, said, I'll try doing a better job. And, you know, I didn't realize this was how I was driving and it was affecting the equipment this much. And, you know, I was really proud of how he accepted the information we provided him. And he thought about it all the next day. And then he came into the office and asked if he could talk to Super Dave and myself and said, you know, I've absorbed everything about this brake issue you know, that went on and I'm just really struggling with it because he said, you know, I don't use my brakes when I come down out of fair play or out of fries. I let the engine brake do all the work. And he said, you know, I've spoke with the shop several times about how much brake pressure I'm trying to apply. And he says to stop the truck, I have to put 55 or 60 pounds pressure on the brake pedal to get it to stop. And he goes, it feels spongy. And he said, the shop has looked at the brakes and, uh, they say everything is good. So, you know, I, I took it upon myself to take this information that he brought to us so graciously and said, ah, let's, let's dive a little into this because something just doesn't seem right. Well, it turns out Jesus brought something to our attention so important because I had the shop dive in on this particular truck and it turns out the foot valve was not working and there was absolutely no brakes working on either drive axle. So, Jesus was driving that truck for weeks on end, absolutely weeks. It could have been a month with basically the brakes not working on two axles of the truck. So instead of having brakes on five axles, he was literally driving on three axles worth of brakes. I mean, it was, it was mind boggling. So there's absolutely no, no thought in my mind of why the brakes on the steer axle were, I'll say burned up. They weren't burned up, but they were pretty well destroyed because they were the only brakes working along with the trailer. There was nothing working on the drive axles. And I guess I'm so proud of how, how uh, Jesus brought that to our attention. He took the information we had, he absorbed it, thought about it, said, hey, I think something's still wrong. And we now have a way to check the brakes on the rest of the Freightliners that happen to be on a Freightliner truck. So Jesus Varela, spot on, man. You're, you're, a, you're a warrior and a winner in, in our realm of what we do thanks for getting that truck down the road for who knows how long with literally half the brakes of every other truck in the fleet and uh very impressed how you handled yourself it's very cool looking forward to having you here for a long time and you're going to be you're going to have a great future in this industry good job man Uh, next one I've got is uh, uh, Jesse, 008. 
Everybody knows Jesse Bieza, <laughs> and uh, I guess I just want to throw a kudos out to him. We have had a lot of problems with trucks showing up overweight at the Fort Morgan port. Pretty much the last truck that was overweight that got stopped out there and called in, the officer at the port basically said, I'm done with JFW. I won't have it anymore. I'm going to ticket absolutely everyone that comes in here overweight, overgross, overaxle. This won't happen anymore. I'm done. You guys are idiots coming to the port and being overgross or overaxle. Can't do it anymore. Not going to shine a nice light on you guys at all. So anyway, Jesse pulled up at the port. They wanted to check his paperwork. They red-lighted him, called him in, and guess what, guys? He was only like 79,000 pounds, well under 36,000 on his axles, had all his documents right, and the officer inside was like, hey, thanks for doing business with me. Have a great day. Send him on his way. So got a bright, shiny star for JFW at the port that day. Appreciate it. You know, doing your job, knowing how to work your load gauges, knowing how to load up there at Coors. It means the world doing it right, you guys. So thank you so much for that. And the last thing I've got, Anthony Harper, 0098. He has had several problems with uh, his truck. We've, we've got an issue, something along the lines with a chassis node that is disengaging the PTO. We couldn't get the PTO dumped. And I guess my kudos to Anthony is he, he held his cool. A lot of times when we're on the radio or on the phone, we ask a question. And it, it's usually a pretty specific question like, does the tire have air in it? Well, I don't know. I stepped on my brakes and the light comes on, but yeah, I, I, there you have it. And we're like, does your tire have air in it? And then we get an answer about the dash or something along those lines. And Anthony, you were a stud. I mean, every question we had, if you didn't know, I know at one point we even asked you, hey, I know you're flipping the, the switch to drop the airbags. The light's coming on, but can you have you checked? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'll get out and check. So he got out and verified. And I guess it's just so nice to deal with someone that answers the questions we're asking. He was a superstar. I mean, he was in and out of that cab under the truck. He worked on wiring for us. He was engaged, did a great job. Then we turned around after we thought we had it fixed and it happened again Monday. I mean, his truck is actually still down as we speak. So we're trying to get to the bottom of it. So anyway, those are the three guys I ran into that were just superstars in this last week. And just want to throw a big thank you out to them. Those are the things that that really put a smile on our face. Even though there were problems, we got to the bottom of it. They solved it, and uh, it was a win-win for everyone. So that's it. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Yeah, great job, guys. Hey, so uh, the new trailers, one thing I've noticed or the fleet's noticed is it appears as if we move backwards in technology, going from a gym pole valve to uh, knobs that you have to pull. What's the reason for that? Uh, biggest reason on that, Jam, we had so many problems with those automatic valves that uh, it almost became dangerous for us. In the wintertime, they would freeze, not function automatically. Uh, driver wouldn't catch that the tailgate didn't open or the airbags didn't deflate. Try dumping the load, be four or five stages in the air and no material coming out and get it all against the gate. Then there was so much pressure against the gate, we'd wind up having to shovel away from it. And uh, it just... It seemed like the easiest way to solve that was to go back to a knob. The failure rate of those knobs is literally like 
0.02%. They just literally don't fail. If there's an issue or a failure with it, 99% of the time it's a, it's a driver issue or a driver error. You know, didn't, didn't pull the valve, didn't pull the button, something along those lines. So, uh, yeah, pros and cons to that. When the auto valves work, they're fantastic. They keep you in the truck. But ultimately, we have you getting out of the truck every load to clean off that tailgate. So uh, to flip that knob just isn't a big deal. And also expense, I want to add to that, the gin pull valve, uh, we ended up where it was just so expensive compared to the push pull valves on the side of the gin pole. And like Dave mentioned, you guys are getting out of the trucks. And when you're out of the trucks and you're, you're back there, you're halfway down the trailer, you can also hear everything work. You can hear the tailgate release a lot of the times. You can hear the airbags drop. So big safety there. Yep, guys, guys can't shear the knobs off when they're done dumping, can they? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <clears throat> Let's move on to the safety topic of the week. We're going to attack distracted driving. Super Dave, what's the four greatest causes of truck crashes? Uh, that's easy, Jam, because we do talk about that in the interviews. Um, some drivers get a couple correct. Um, uh, but they're very obvious when you stop and think about it. And especially when you, you know, you experience, uh, you're watching the news or whatever, and you, you see what happens when people crash, but speed, I would say that's number one. Uh, and we all know people just speed everywhere anymore. Um, space is number two. So tailgating, following too close. Uh, so then that reduces your reaction time and you don't have enough time to break or to uh, maneuver to avoid an accident. Uh, distraction. I bet you, and we all know, cause we're out there driving down these roads and we have a pretty good view from the cabs of those trucks. Nine out of 10 drivers are, have the phone in their hand or they're actively on it one or the other. Um, and distracted driving. They all think that driving is secondary and being on that phone or conducting a meeting or something like that is is primary and that's just not the case you got to pay attention to driving and then uh fatigue um that is so evident in over the road drivers but um when people are out there tired it's just as bad as if they were drinking because your reaction times are just that slow and your awareness is that poor as well you're spot on dave that's a Great subject. I mean, we all know speed is one of the largest. You know, for us here, it is the largest issue. It just creates so many more problems. We address that almost on a daily basis. We will get a call on truck going too fast, you know, cutting a car off, whatever the case may be. So speed is one of the largest things. I did want to add something to it along with that speed. Speed is created at the end of the day after you guys dump out. The bulk of our accidents are at the end of the day when the drivers are coming to the yard. I don't know if anyone's heard that, that little, uh, I don't know, tidbit of information. Most accidents happen within like three miles of your house or something like that. I don't know the exact statistic of that, but that's the, the gist of it. And uh, I guess I want to make the point, the bulk of our accidents that are our fault happen at the end of the day when we are rushing to the yard. I tell it to everyone. This yard has been here since 1977. It's not going to move. You don't need to chase it here. It will be here when you get here. Get here safely, then do your thing. So big big point for me, definitely stop rushing at the end of the day. Your day is over when you get to the yard. You can't let down your guard prior to that. Yeah, the, the problem I have with the distracted driving, I know, Super, you just said fatigue is equal to 
drinking and driving or worse? What is? Uh, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere, Jam. Um, the experts say that uh, your reactions are similar when you're very fatigued. Your um, the way that you test out in the uh, you know the time of your reactions, the your um, thought process is, is very similar to when you've been drinking. Got it. So driving my point home, distracted driving is even worse. If you're on the phone, you have no reaction time. You know, you have no fighting chance. You're not paying attention. There is no stopping distance. You know, we've all seen those horrific accidents where you just see a, a car just, you know, plowed into a bunch of stop traffic on the interstate. It's it's scary to, to have guys going down the road on their phones, you know, or distracted by whatever. It could be anything. I mean, we've all heard stories of a guy dropping a burrito or something and, you know, going to pick it up off the ground and, and you know, causing a pile up or something like that. I've seen it firsthand at JFW. If you get into an accident here and it's because you were on your phone, I mean, that's pretty much you, you wrote your ticket out of here. Yeah, good points, Jam. I, I just want to jump in here also. I mean, we're trying to do a safety safety topic of the week. Um, just something that was mentioned to me from the weekend is we also put on a chaining class last weekend, and I guess the turnout was great and the enthusiasm and everybody was excited to learn. Um, I think Scooby and JR put it on, or, or Scooby did. I know he, I talked to him mostly about it. He gave a lot of good tips and tricks and Everybody was really engaged, and, and that's fantastic to see that. That safety part of it is, is awesome. But on the other hand, I don't know how else to lead to this subject. Last week between the last podcast and this, uh, we backed into one of our own trucks, um, backing and parking, and then also we hit the little shed over there at uh, Plant 2. Uh, we cut the corner of the shed open or damaged the shed, and then we also ruined one of our wheels, and luckily we didn't blow out a tire. So along with the, along with the good and bad, and then just the last one here is at plant 13, we also hit the gate down there, and we had to have uh, one of the, our old employees that opened up a fence company. Who was? Salmena. Salmena. Yep. He opened up. The old a, 0042. Yeah, old 0042 Salmena. He opened up a fence company. Kudos to him because we were able to call him. He went down there on a Saturday, got the stuff fixed. So if you need any gate work, there's a plug for Sal um, or fence work. But there's three incidences in a week, you guys, uh, from you know last podcast to this podcast. Uh, the gentleman that, that hit the fence is no longer with us um, because he didn't tell anybody at Plant 13, and he also didn't notify any of us, and we just – that's just not our culture. You can look at our creed, and it doesn't match any of our creed. Uh, the other things that happened, we're working with those drivers, and we're all trying to be better together. So it's, uh, it's up and down, you guys, and speed and everything we talk about. That's the reason we're trying to do the podcast is to make this evident to everybody. Yeah, guys, fess up your mess up. If you come to us and you say, hey, I messed up and this is what happened, we're going to have a lot of respect for you. If we got to find out you you did something out of plant because a batchman called us, that's just bad news right there. Not a good look for you or for us. Absolutely, Jam. And the driver down there at plant 13, he knew he hit it. He backed up off of it. He folded it into 
stopped the truck, set the brakes, got out, inspected the gate, looked at the damage on the trailer, then got in his truck and just came to the yard. Yeah, that's crazy. I asked him why he didn't say anything, and he, he wouldn't give me an answer. He just kept shaking his head no. Weird. Yeah, I, I like your saying, fess up your mess up. It's just easy that way. Moving on to some uh, good positive news here. Uh, we got a list of people that hit their safety bonus for all three quarters in a row going back from January. I got the list of names here. I'll read those off. We got Chris Amorosa, Benny Gonzalez, Gene Freeman, Jesse Baeza, Thomas Morgan, Rob White, Oswaldo, Mike Bortz, Leroy Powell, Marty Rios, Dale Boyce, Mike Tafoya, John Moore, Serge V, Ryan Emerling, Emilio Camacho, Jack Oquendo Mejia, I love saying his name, Manuel Portillo, Jose Barraza, Alan Mendoza, Miguel, Sebastian Coronado, Manny V, Eric Schoenbaum, Jack Domenico, Gilbert Benny, Vernon Campbell, Paco, Tufu Yang, Stingray, Dustin Romero, Chris Beam, Dwayne Sands, Casey Guthrie, Matt Off, Russ Murphy, Alan Reyes, Tony Martinez, Kurt Spencer, Rosario Garcia, Dennis Viscara, Dan Hawk, Johnny Beret, Michael Turner, Cisco Reza, Rob Bugler, Alan Martinez, Pedro Sotelo, Josh James, Jason Gamage, and David Gayton. That's 51 guys that hit their safety bonus. And when I say hit it, I mean received it for all three quarters so far this year. That's just awesome to, to hear about. <clears throat> Do you know what they all had in common? Is this a dad joke? <laughs> no, probably the facts. You don't have any call-ins on, on the names that, that we got there. Might be pretty, pretty interesting to find out about that, but the bulk of those guys aren't speeding. They're yeah. not in a rush. They're not in a hurry. They're just doing their job. They got it down to a, a game plan. Yeah, congratulations, you guys. That's amazing to hear all three quarters. And you know what, you guys, I got to throw out there, and, you know, we're trying to make this real as, as we talk to you guys. We try to make it, you know, not so drama. We try to make it uplifting, or we try to give you the truth here. But all those guys did is, and all those guys did, it sounds like just, oh, that's all they did. No, they showed up every day, and they did their job, just their job, for three quarters, and they got bonused at the end of each quarter. And that's amazing. And it's, it's so simple just to do your job, be safe, watch your speeds. Thanks, you guys. I, I don't know. That, that's just, that makes my heart feel good when I hear that. Jam, about how much money is that on average per safety bonus? I know it goes up and down with the earnings of that driver, but you got an earmark on that? Yeah, I think Super Dave's told me this before, actually. It's between three and $500, you know, depending on their production. But a minimum of 300 But, yeah, some of those guys, that's 1500 bucks extra for the year right there. That's a lot of money to just slow up. Yeah. So we're paying everybody to slow up. I bet you can't hustle and create $1,500 in earnings 
versus how much how fast it could be lost for going too fast. Especially if you have an accident or you get pulled over. Yeah, right. that goes right down the drain. I'm actually excited to see who's still on this list at the end of the year. I think maybe we do something special for those guys. Yeah, we, we need to do something because it's, it's an amazing feat for a year. My next list takes no skill to be on, but it's a much shorter list. So these are the guys that have had perfect attendance all year, and that's Jesse Baeza, Charlie Barand, Rosario Garcia, Casey Guthrie, Dan Hawk, Bob Mardian, Francisco or Paco, Pox, Jack again in 0047, Dwayne Potter, Alan Reyes, Oswaldo again, both lists, Pedro Sotelo, Stingray, Rob White, and Tufu. Those guys have been here every single day this year. It's awesome. Way to go, you guys. That's so cool. I mean, does that mean it's harder to come to work every day than to be safe? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's harder to come to work than crash into a gate. Right? Super Dave, uh, one of the reasons we were excited to have you on this week is uh, everybody misses a high road hauler. Do you want to go ahead and drop that on us? Yeah, we'll do, Jam. I miss it, too. Uh, I really enjoy doing that every week at the driver's meetings. Um, I really do miss those driver's meetings. It was a chance for all of us to get together, see each other, fist bump, uh, talk about our families and current events and things like this. And I think it really held us together. So this whole uh, COVID thing when and not having large uh, assemblies is, is really a bummer. But uh, I did put a high road hauling together for the podcast here. And uh, I think it's a pretty good one. Everybody will definitely relate um, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, I'll tell you, life is not a marathon or a sprint. It is many races with a few boxing matches along the way. You're not just running toward a goal, but you're getting hit along the way. I don't know where you are on your journey, but I know there will be times that you want to give up on a goal or a dream. I know the importance of the right words at the right time. Maybe now is the right time or you can keep these thoughts in mind for when you need positive energy. I want you to keep going. Don't quit. Here are five ways you can fuel up your mind and soul for the journey ahead. Number one, keep your vision alive. It's so important to keep looking forward and seeing the future you want to create. If you can see it, you'll keep moving towards it. Consider making a vision board or notebook filled with pictures and words that remind you of what you're working towards, and you can visit this whenever you need direction or motivation. Number two, fuel up with purpose. There will be many times you want to give up, but always remember what your purpose, or excuse me, always remember that your purpose is greater than your challenges. It is the ultimate fuel for meaningful journey. It gives you meaning and mission, which helps you overcome adversity and avoid burnout. We don't get burned out because of what we do. We get burned out because we forget why we do it. As you're moving towards your vision, keep reminding yourself why you're going there. Consider creating a quote or a statement that will motivate and encourage you and look at it every morning. Number three, believe the best is yet to come. We don't give up because it's hard. We give up because we get discouraged. No matter what challenges you face along the way, keep encouraging yourself. Maintain hope. Believe the best is yet to come. 
if you believe in what you're doing and know uh, this is what you truly want, then keep believing it will truly happen. Research from Duke University shows that if you believe it, you are more likely to achieve it. Number four, focus on the process, not the outcome. There will be many times when the outcome is not looking good. You may not be hitting the numbers you want or getting the results you desire. The key is to focus on the process and just work to get better each day. Focusing on small victories. Strive to hit milestones. If you have a vision you want to create and focus on the process each day, you'll gradually move towards your goal and dream. And number five, have trust in yourself. Self-trust means consistently staying true to yourself. At its very core, trusting yourself means you look after your own needs and safety. You treat yourself with love and compassion rather than strive for perfection. You know deep down that you can survive difficulties and you refuse to give up on yourself. And uh, this is the quote for this uh, week's High Road Holland. I love this quote. Um, you can apply it to just about any moment in your life. To give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift by Steve Prefontaine. And I think we all know what the gift is. Awesome, Dave. Good job, Dave. Final thoughts, everybody? Yeah, I can kind of jump in there and hopefully I won't be too long. Uh, just so you guys know, we all came up with this idea is for a podcast kind of together and and Jam took the the opportunity and ran with it. And he's put a script together each week for us and then we try to talk about it and we make notes on it and then I think Jam has become really good even if it's only been three episodes here or this will be the third one at editing the stuff and, and fixing it. And the last thing he, he puts on here is final thoughts, which he just asked us, any final thoughts? And whenever I get to that point, I, I, last week I put a little saying together and this week I have a little saying and I'm thinking, ah, is that any good or does that work or does that mean anything to anybody or how can I reach a person or, or what makes it better? And my quick thought was, you know, a couple weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago, I wrote a, a bamboo and it was about inches. And I ended it going, hey, I don't want any of you to inch up to your loved one's coffin to have to say goodbye in case we had an accident. And this might be a little corny also, but, you know, what makes a truck go down the road? Um, you know, we know it, it takes fuel, water, death. It has to have air pressure, has to have oil, and it has to have a driver. And when we go out, all those things have to be full, has to be full of fuel, has to be full of water or it overheats or has to have be full of air or it, you know, the air pressure won't work right or your brakes won't work right. And I was thinking, you know, it also has to have that driver like I mentioned, but that driver needs to be full for the day. You have to be prepared. You have to be gassed up. You have to have your coat with you. You have to be looking around the truck all day long. And without a driver that's full and robust and ready to do his job or her job or their job, something's going to happen. So I guess my final thought is when you guys show up here, show up full and ready to go. Have, have some joyfulness like Super Dave brought up. Look at our creed. 
you know, kiss your wife or your, your loved one or your significant other goodbye, give them a hug and, and come here full and, and ready to do your, your day or your best. And that would, that would be fantastic. That's kind of one of my final thoughts. Oh, that's awesome, Jim. <clears throat> I have uh, some winter driving just to get in the back of your mind, you guys. We've already had snow over Kenosha. We got some snow up at Fry's. I mean, it's just that time of year. I'm just going to preach the slowdown. I mean, bigger following distances. Everything we do just is amplified how hard it is to stop when we have foul conditions. And again, can't use those overweight permits in any type of weather. Rain, snow, sleet, none of that. So please be aware and use your space in those situations. So my final thoughts for today is I think it's always important for everybody to get as much joy out of what they do for a living and uh, their goals for their families. So uh, let's all keep that in mind with uh, as we go about our business today is that life is short. Let's work on our best to be as happy and uh, fulfilled as we can. Soup, great having you on today. Ron Bugler is going to be super happy. He got his uh, fix of the high road hauler. Uh, actually, if you could email me that, I'll throw the PDF up on Bamboo so everybody could read it as well. And everybody, if you enjoyed this podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, please make some comments directly on the link on the Bamboo announcement. Suggestions are appreciated, and who knows, maybe we'll do this again. Hey, I want to throw out there, ask your fellow driver if uh, they're listening to the podcast as well. There's great information in these, and it's a good way to start conversation with someone you don't know. Thanks, everybody. Proud of you all. Have a great week, everybody.